What's up, guys? Welcome back. Another episode of Let's Read Bleach here on the Monochrome Manga Show. <sighs> Where did we leave off last time? It, it feels like it's been three weeks since the last episode, but it's only been a week. I am late. It is Sunday. But, hey, I said the weekend, so I left it flexible. Um... Where did we leave off? So, Soul Society was invaded by Quincy's and an organization known as the, uh, the not the Wandenreich, I've forgotten all the German I've learned, the Wandenreich. And um, their leader seems to have some kind of history with Genryu Yamamoto, the captain commander of the uh, 13 Court Guard squads. Eventually, we'll all remember this stuff, or eventually I will assume that you remember all this stuff, and it won't have to be explained again, or every time. Um, boy. So we start off hot. There's an Imperial Order heard in the Vandenreich HQ calling for the Sternritter to the Gate of the Sun for an immediate invasion. So it states that Ichigo is battling their forces in Hueco Mundo, and it refers to him as one of the five special threats. That's going to be important later. I mean, obviously, it sounds important because it's it's a good it's a good trope archetype, whatever you want to call that. When um, you start off by by giving a number when you name something, especially when you're only revealing the first one because that means there's more there are four more special threats and i mean in your head you can just imagine who they are um i know yeah yeah i think i know who all of them are you might be able to figure them out i mean if you're caught up to bleach and you're going along with me you might be able to know who they all are um i think so anyways let's let's continue so next we see the Sternritter assembling. They are some pretty interesting looking characters. When you actually get into their designs, they are probably the most varied, interesting, and eccentric, eccentrically designed group of enemies we've had so far. Um, and there's, they include the blonde man we saw from before and one with a sweet mohawk. <laughs> you just know when you see that hairstyle, he's going to be prevalent. You just know. So, b back in Hueco Mundo, Opie is assaulting Ichigo with arrows and taunting him. And suddenly, uh, from the smoke of the attack, Ichigo's Zanpakuto drops down. And Opie's like, huh, that's weird. It turns out he grabbed Opie's attacks and he just tosses them back at him. He also points out that Uryu told him Quincy's only used uh, bow and arrows for weapons. And then before he before the battle continues, he tosses Nell, who was clinging to him this whole time, to Orihime. She's like, she's she's bewildered by the battle. I feel like this happened in the Hoikamundo arc. <laughs> um, so Ichigo continues on blocking Opie's attacks, and then Opie notes how. His attack was caught and returned, um, kind of berating himself for his lack of skill. He says, my lack of skill makes me dizzy. Ichigo then commends him and says, you know, first of all, he says, I had no idea it had such a difficult name. The name of the arrows being Helig Feel, Helig Feel, P-F-I-E-L, uh, Holy Arrow, I believe. That's all, that's all it is. Um. And he says, Opie's is stronger than uh, than Ishida's. That's... To this, Opie asks if Ichigo means Uryu Ishida. Peaking, peaking his interest. And he then says that his helic field being stronger than Uryu Ishida's is not possible. Of course, Ichigo asks, who the hell are you? Um, when he asks what, that, what he means by that, Opie then tightens his lips, and he says, uh, what did he say? 
uh, something is silver, silence is golden. Um, yeah. Secrets, secrets are silver, silence is golden. I don't remember. I could open the chapter, but, um, I'm just gonna go through this. Um, he then says he received an order to take Ichigo down right away. And he then mentions the Quincy's final form. He's, uh, let's steal. I think it's pronounced. Um, so this is something that happened back in the soul society arc. Uryu revealed a Quincy final form. It's kind of like how Ichigo goes full gets a show when he's facing off against Aizen for the final time. It's like, this is the end of my power. It's like, if you look at Hunter Hunter, for instance, it's, uh, it's not the same, but it's sort of like when Gone becomes Gon-san and goes, take all of my power from the future, all of the potential that I have, everything, and trade it all away to be that powerful right now. I mean, that's kind of, it's not the same thing. It's not like the potential. It's literally just it's just like a huge boost in their abilities um it gets it gets explained a little bit more uh later on in this stretch then he reveals a five point cross ooh i lost my place and he activates it causing a huge column of light to shoot upwards and he's then revealed to have taken an imposing angelic form, complete with wings and halo. And he states the correct name of this form is Quincy Volstand. Volstandig. I don't, I, I'm not sure if that's like a Volstandig. It probably is. Holy form. Now, in the official release, this kind of pisses me off about the officials. It's different from what I read week to week. Because when I read week to week, I wasn't reading officials. I was reading scans, and the scans called it Volstandig. Like, the same way I did it. But, um... But the officials call it, like, Volsterndik. Like, multiple words, and I I can't. My brain knows it as something, and I can't. I can't deviate. I just can't deviate. <sighs> Meanwhile, Peche fantastic to see him again has located and rescued Don Dechaka. Apparently he buried himself up to his eyes. That's like at the end of the chapters, there's a little, there's usually like a little bottom corner, uh, drawing. And for the, for this chapter, it happens to be Don Dechaka being buried up to his eyes. And that's how he, uh, he says, they just kind of walk right past me. And then it's, it's fun, I guess. I'm just I've just never been that big on Peche nor Don Dechaka. Elsewhere, Urahara has noticed either the surge of power or something else. It's not totally made clear. Meanwhile, in Soul Society, soldiers are scrambling around, you know, preparing for the uh upcoming battle. Someone is floating overhead like you see a foot above everybody so it's kind of it's a good shot it i can see it in the anime oh i can't wait for the anime i can see it in the anime just from a i or i can see it above uh i can't speak it's like from a looking down perspective you see the serete underneath and you see the foot it's, it takes up most of the panel it's good. It's a good shot. So, Chad and Orihime notice they feel no Riatsu, no Reishi shockwave, no spiritual pressure or anything. But they know something happened. Back at the battle, Opie gets the drop on Ichigo. And he remembers Urahara telling him about Quincy Lich Steel back in the day. Uh, when, uh, I guess around the time when Uriyo used it and lost his powers because both he and Ichigo lost their powers and regained them in the series. 
Um, Urhart goes on to explain in this kind of offshoot flashback the uh, Sunray glove used to diffuse Reishi and absorb the Reishi around them and that removing it grants them their greatest power. That's basically how uh, how this power works. Um, they train with this glove to they train with this glove for um, harnessing Reishi for absorbing the Reishi around them. And then when they take that glove off, it kind of, it's like releasing, it's like they're releasing a Bankai, except they can't take it back. And also, I mean, that, that's what I was saying. That is the final power after which they, they lose all their powers. As Opie uh, rushes Ichigo again, he declares he can tell what he's thinking. He tells Ichigo that this power is different. He says that Leech Steel is a relic of the past that perished 200 years ago due to its fragility and that only Soken, Uryu's grandfather, confined himself to it. He continues that the difference is heaven and earth between the two. He's very adamant about this being completely separate. I mean, to be fair, it is. It is. This is like... This is the improved... The new and improved version. So, Ichigo then mocks the power as creepy. (laughs) As he fires off a Getsuga at him and Obi takes the blow straight to the neck and he says that, that that's fitting this power should come off as creepy and horrific to a soul reaper he then raises his sword and begins absorbing reishi absorbing even orihime's uh santin keshun chad notices it's even absorbing the rocks the sand and everything else Nopi then prepares an attack called uh, Biskil, which is God's punishment. But he's attacked from behind by Aeon, who's been summoned by the Trace Bestias. Aeon is uh, another thing that has not been explained so far. So in Fate Karakura Town, when Tirhari Bell brought her fraction on the Trace Bestias, they they had kind of a special technique. Um, it's explained how in the next little bit, but basically they can summon this creature called Aeon, who is just a massive just beast. <laughs> and that's what he is. It's, it's weird. He's got like partially the body of a man and the body of an of the head of an owl he's a sight to behold it's it's very strange it's one of those like every, even shonen animes have like that one thing that's like really really weird and disturbing looking and aeon is probably it for bleach <laughs> so they instruct aeon to go ahead and not worry about them and you know wreak havoc on opie so he then lets out his trademark insane roar as Apache explains that he's created by them fusing their left arms and that he's completely indiscriminate. He tells, you know, Ichigo and them to get out of the way. So Aeon then begins an attack on Opie, who says that it's no match for him. But we'll see. Back in the Seireite, Yuki and Shino are being yelled at again for being in the wrong place. Yuki then um, wonders why Quincy's and Soul Reapers fight in the first place. Um, so the person they're looking for is 13th Division 6th seat Haidetomo Kajomaru. I might have got that other name wrong. He explains that Soul Reapers cleanse hollows and send them to Soul Society, whereas Quincy's kill them, destroying their soul entirely. He goes on to say that Soul Reapers were once called 
balancers because they were meant to maintain the balance of souls between soul society and the world of the living, lest both worlds collapse. Which, I mean, I feel like this has kind of been outlined at some other point. Why? But I can't remember when. Now, a truce was attempted many, many times, but it always broke down. And eventually, Soul Society decided to carry out an operation to exterminate all Quincy's. He goes on that the Quincy's grudge will never die. True. So the only course of action is to fight. Kind of also true. And Yuki wonders if there's justice for Soul Reapers in the battle. Kajimaru finishes off saying that this is war and that wars take place because both sides are just, which is a thing that you always have to consider when, um, when war happens in real life or anything else. I mean, even when you look at an outlandish war, like the Shinobi world war, the fourth Shinobi world war in Naruto, and you look at, um, Obito and Madara. I mean, uh, they, yeah, their, their plan is just to an extent there to, at a, if there is any point when you can look at the enemy's motives, you can look at the enemy's, um, goal and you can kind of shrug your shoulders and make that one face, you know, where you kind of scrunch your lips up and go, If there's any point where you can do that, yeah, it can be seen as just. They see themselves as just. They see you as evil, and it's vice versa. That's how war works. It's always kind of hard to examine war from that standpoint because you gotta root for you gotta root for the home team when it comes to war. You don't get a chance to root for the uh, visiting team when it's not, or when it's war. That is uh, called being a traitor. So, (laughs) anyways, meanwhile, Aeon levels Opie, like smashing him head neck first into the sand as the group basically looks on in horror. Like, Orihime is very shaken up by this just just savagery. <laughs> I think it's funny. And they're all kind of like, whoa, whoa, maybe he went a little too far. And I'm like, this is the enemy. Fuck him. Kill him. Destroy him. I mean, I yeah, preferably. If you're going to do all three, do them in that order. So, while Apache is gloating over Opie's kind of mangled body, she's stabbed in the chest by him as he gets up, cracking his neck back into place. It's very grotesque. And he says he must advise his majesty to adjust the strength of blut, which is blood dress, and that they all must die immediately. He's, except, of course, he's very, like, over-the-top and theatrical about literally everything he does. He's like, I don't know. Is it like Hitler in art school? I don't know. Opie then says Aeon will be the first to die, or rather, live. He then absorbs uh, Aeon pretty gruesomely, like, Stripping the flesh off of his face and just ripping him to shreds. Using a and he does this using a technique called uh sclavere, which trans translates to holy slave. He calls it an absolute subordination of Reishi. He then reveals a monstrous form. Influenced by Aeon's Reishi, complete with his eyes on his wings, huge teeth, a tail, and a hugely, greatly, comically as well, disproportionate left arm. So, 
Sun Sun then rushes in and uses Muda, which is Snake Shell Fortress. A defensive move, seeming to like shed her skin to form a protective shell over everyone. And inside, they kind of devise a plan. Mila Rose recognizes Orihime as, uh, as the girl that Aizen brought to Hoikomundo. As Sun Sun is coming up with what they're going to do to move undetected and, you know, kind of explaining the ability a little bit and explaining that you shouldn't be able to find them. However, Opie has found them, tearing the shell apart and and raining down like sharp reishi on all of them. And before he can finish them off, Ichigo, now using his Bankai, attacks, destroying Opie's halo. And he knows he can stop the Reishi subordination by destroying Opie's halo. He's figured it out. Ichigo is battle smart. Opie doesn't like this one bit. <laughs> he's he's starting to he's starting to get a little pissed off. So back in Soul Society, Kajumaru explains the Quincy's will surely come through the Kokuryu gate, which I believe is just the front gate that is uh, guarded by a massive guardian known as Jidanbo. And that's what he thinks, since that's where much of the damage from the previous invasion happened. But suddenly, the Quincy King, from above, like, just floating above them, is like, huh. Oh, yeah? It's like, yeah. Is that, is that what you think? Soul Reapers freak the hell out, but they remain calm, saying, yo, he's outside of the Shakumaku gate. And then they realize that he's inside the Shakumaku barrier. And then all of a sudden, numerous explosions, numerous just huge explosions of light pop up around the Serete. Massive pillars of light popping off everywhere. Everybody's confused and trying to figure out what the hell is happening. Suddenly, the realization comes that it's not light, but it's blue fire. The blue fi- the same blue fire that the Quincy are known for using. So all the squads are scrambling, assessing the situation and trying to figure out what where and how that's what they want to figure out you know now we move to rukia in division 13 she's decided to run to the base of one of those pillars as the commander uh the captain commander watches out of the huge hole in his wall and then he says he's going out and he's talking to third seed Genshiro Okikiba, another really old guy. I feel like everybody in the first division is really old. I don't know. I've just got this feeling that, like, they're all senior citizens. Or at least look like it. And he leaves Okikiba to protect the place. Now, over to the third division. Um, Vice Captain Kiba or not Kiba, uh, Kira, along with third seat Riku Togakushi, fifth seat Taketsuna Gori, and sixth seat Asuka Katakura. They're all right by a pillar waiting for the enemy to emerge. Now, this time the Reishi investigation unit is actually with them. And they, uh... They detect a match to the sample from the previous invasion. So they make out a shape and they realize that they're coming out. So they prepare to attack. But before they can launch a single attack, they're caught off guard with a shot fired from within the fire. And the shot blows a hole in Kira's chest and arm. Just blows his arm off. Destroys most of his arm on his right side doing serious damage like it's kind of jarring because even though kiba's not a hugely important character it's like whoa he just got murked and it looks like he could be like 
actually dead. Like, actually, maybe. But if you know Bleach, I mean, it's always one of those wait and see things. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, this is where it starts looking looking bleak. Well, it doesn't start looking bleak, but this is where it starts to go downhill for them. The seated officers prepare to attack, releasing their Zompak toes, but again, the Quincy gets the drop on them, just with his fists, smashing into Takitsuna and Asuka's faces and slamming them into the ground. And then we get some of the Quincy's face reveals, as the one with the mohawk says that their order is to kill all. Again, they're varied. There's a girl in a hat. There's a Colonel Sanders looking guy. He's actually was called Colonel Sanders for a while until we learned his actual name. And I will continue that trend here for spoilers. Um, So there's Colonel Sanders. There's a big guy and this sweet looking black metal dude with like a black face mask and everything. We also see that blonde man again, saying the Stern Ritter will now begin the purge. The reports are coming back to Akon, and the gist is that a thousand are dead in about seven minutes. He says there's no way they can win. And then in the very last panel, we get a little bit of foreshadowing as to what, what the solution here is, what the next big move is. We see Ichigo continuing his fight in Hueco Mundo. It's like they're trying. It's almost like I don't know if it's intentional, but it's almost like connecting the dots between the now and the next. I guess you could say. Um, basically, just set a bookmark there. So now we cut to Third Division Captain uh, Rojuro Oturabashi, or Rose, as he's usually called, and I will call him because I actually forgot his name is Rojuro. Um, he's hearing Akon's report about what's happened to his officers that um, Kira and three other seated officers' spiritual uh, pressures have disappeared. He's up against a Quincy with an incredibly unique appearance with these like spiked out braided tufts of hair, very skinny. If I remember correctly, his, his fingers all have rings on them and he's got this big visor over his head. Looks like a black guy. And, um, the very first of the Stern Ritter, we are, uh, formally introduced to here is Nanana Najakoop. These guys, some of them have got some fucking names. They have got some weird names. This, like, the names of the Espada, like, they're fine. They make sense. They fit. Some of the names of some of these Stern Ritters are just like, what in the hell? He was smoking the good shit when he came up with these names. You, ah, it's just nuts. Um, so here we're also introduced to kind of, I wouldn't say it's a ranking concept, but it is definitely, it is definitely a going concept with them. The Stern Ritter having letters assigned to them. Because uh, Najakoop is Sternritter U. We don't know what that means at this point. It's just it's just laid out before us. So it's up to your speculation. So he's taunting Rose about his fallen comrades and states that their spiritual pressure disappeared from where Basby, the one with the Mohawk, showed up. So now we've got another name. And Rose talks about, he goes on about being inspired by Kira and that his guitar will be sad if he's dead. He said, like, his flying V will weep. And then Nanana is like, uh, I mean, it's too bad about your flying whatever, your your whatever V. (laughs) He's like, I don't understand art. 
so he continues on to you know knock Rose and says that it doesn't matter because he'll be dead in five minutes. And then elsewhere, the uh, black metal dude is. This is this was kind of freaky. I want. I'm ready to see this in the anime. The black metal dude is shooting some kind of like huge thorns into the Soul Reapers left and right. That's man. That man's name is Asnod. N O D T. Sternritter F. There's another letter. The thorns seem to be not only killing, but making these soul reapers soul reapers scream bloody murder. They're the they're completely ineffective at dealing with this guy. They're they're trying to press forward. Rinji shows up to handle this and tells them to step back. One of the soul reapers was actually having a moment of being like, uh, no, don't retreat. Don't retreat. Keep going. We have to protect. And then Renji shows up. He's like, good. Well put. Well said. Now back up. Let me handle this. And elsewhere, Soul Reapers are literally getting sliced in half by Stern Ritter E. Bambietta Basterbine. I told you, these fucking names. Some of these names are nuts. Like, just, just, just weird. Especially when you get to her little group. This is, oh my god, it's it's kind of wild. So she's stopped by 7th Division Captain Sajin Kamamura. Komamura is an interesting looking character. Um, He is like a giant fox. And that's not, to this point, that has not been explained. That has not been a. Th- it's just been like, oh well, that's just a character. It's just somebody that. It's just the thing that is. It is what it is. Cool. Um, so they're both surprised at each other's appearances. Komamura is surprised that a. He says a little girl, even a little girl, is part of this army. And <laughs> Bambietta is such a bitch. She's like, um, you. She's like, wow, even a doggy is part of the, uh, is a captain. Wow. You guys must be uh, really understaffed. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> oh man. I shouldn't laugh. Cause it's, it's like a deadly serious time. Um, so elsewhere, numerous other captains are meeting up with Stern Ritter, second division captain. Soy phone uh, is, meeting up with one and then um Hitsugaya meets up with one i mean they're they're all finding them there's plenty of them they're everywhere so back with Rinji he's unable to land even a single hit noticing a strange pattern forming on Asnod's skin when he attacks and suddenly a goddamn luchador attacks Rinji from behind like this big mustachioed guy with like a lucha mask on with a star on it like what is happening with these guys it's they are some imaginative designs varied just as Rinji is being outnumbered here Byakuya shows up to help him out using Simbon Zakura his his shikai So, there's some Soul Reapers standing up to the blonde man, as one says not to let him pass. He's trying to keep everyone's morale and resolve up. And then, the blonde guy, he states that he can tell fear has overcome the Soul Reaper, before cutting him down super fast. Like, it took me a minute looking at the panel, I was like, what happened? How, how did he do that? And then I was like, oh no, he probably used sword, just, you know, super fast. So elsewhere, Byakuya is telling Renji not to show any pity to these people as they are Sasuke's murderers. Of course, Renji's like, I wasn't showing any pity. He probably just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Byakuya was basically saying, pick up the pace. Get it together. These guys must perish. These guys can't win here. So Byakuya then actually is able to cut Asnod with Simbon Zakura. The the Luchador then moves in to attack, but the ground under him collapses. 
Now, Byakuya explains this. He destroyed the ground with Simbon Sakura. So, now it's two on one. He tells Renji that if his Bankai is sealed, to finish as not with his. Other captains are instructing their vice captains similarly. Now, Byakuya, along with Kamamura, Hitsugaya, and Soifone, they all release their Bankais. Byakuya's Simbon Sakura Kageyoshi, Kamamura's uh, Kokujo Tengen Myo, Hitsugaya's uh, Diagarin, Hyorin uh, Maru, and Soifone's uh, Jakuho Raikopen. I remember all of those. I didn't write any of that down. That's just me being stupid and remembering dumb stuff. Um, they all release their Bankai. They're all subsequently sealed. But Byakuya makes a really, really scary revelation. He realizes that it was not sealed. It was stolen. He can tell the the feeling of his of it's it's like the Zanpakuto spirit. He can tell the spirit of like Simbon Zakura is no longer there. He can't feel anything. All that's either him or Hitsugaya that makes that connection. All the Soul Reapers are in shock at this re- realization. And Hitsugaya even tries, you know, calling out to Hyor and Maru, but there's no response. He then tells uh, vi- his vice captain, uh, Rungiku, to use Tentekura, which. Uh, it's, it's a technique used for like long distance communication. It's almost like a loudspeaker or like an intercom, I guess. Uh, she uses that to relay the message to everyone and tell them not to use Bankai. Elsewhere, Kurutsuchi is damning them all for not waiting for his analysis to be completed. I mean, they didn't have a chance. Meanwhile, the captain commander is on the move. Shit is picking up hardcore. And Kyoriku is facing off with Colonel Sanders. Now, he says that he knows Kuritsuchi can come up with a solution, but some sacrifice would have needed to be made to get the necessary information. He doesn't have enough information yet. Something has to happen for him to be able to analyze it and, you know, work accordingly. So the next thing you know, Colonel Sanders, Quincy... He dodges in between Kyoriku's blades, draws these pistols. They've got varied weapons as well. I mean, so far, what? Opie has a sword. Um, the blonde guy seems to have a sword. Uh, we've got pistols on this guy. Um, the black metal dude seems to have, like, seems to shoot thorns. He may have an actual weapon. I don't know. I'm pretending I don't know anyways. For your sake, I ain't spoiling your ass. So, this guy's weapon is uh, guns. So he draws these pistols to shoot Kyoriku in the face. Kyoriku dodges, kicks him, and tries to slash him. But Sanders then uses Grimoniel, which is God's step, to dodge ultra fast, and then shoots Kyoriku in the fucking face, right in the eye, and it looks like he has wings. It's like he went Volstandig, but his Volstandig is like not much of anything to write home about. It's not as striking as Opie's or many of the others to come, because this is Bleach, baby. It's all about Bankai's and Resurrections and all the reveals and shit. Um. So elsewhere, the blonde man is, he's observing a group, the, uh, it's the squad 13 group around, um, with you, with Yuki, with Yuki and Shino. And he's like, oh, they've lost the will to live. Should I just kill them here? He asked the king and the king says, Hey, you do what you think is best. If you think is right, if you think it's, will be more advantageous to s- just spare their lives do that and of course he goes so be it and it's like hmm what does he do here i don't know 
Renji is like just about to use Bankai, but Byakuya stops him, saying that they can't afford to lose his as well. And then back with Scott 12, Akon is Akon is basically done with this bullshit and he is trying to contact Ichigo Kurosaki for a rescue. And, you know, of course they're trying to stop him. They're like, uh, but the captain is on the front lines. We can't contact him to gain permission. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just just do it. I will take full responsibility for this. Akon is Akon is pretty cool. I like Akon. So next they're they're attempting to contact Ichigo through his uh deputy badge, his deputy badge that Ukitaki gave him. But they find that his badge is in the world of the living while he is in Huecomundo. And after finding that the badge is at Urahara's, Akon figures out, you know, just basic reasoning. Blah. Can't talk. Basic reasoning. Urahara has to be with Ichigo. So he tries to reach him instead. Urahara is, of course, incredibly silly with it. Like pleasantries. Oh, hey, Mr. Akon, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Akon flies off the handle immediately and demands to speak to Ichigo, which apparently there's only two people that can make him fly off the handle like this. Kurutsuchi and Urahara. But Urahara tells him that it's impossible since Ichigo is fighting a Quincy right now. And this fact baffles everyone. They're like, Ichigo Kurosaki's fighting a Quincy in Huecomundo? What's going on? Because like some of these people are not in on everything. I mean, none of them are in on this. This this is pretty big news to everybody. I mean, Akon is like really he's baffled. He's like, how how did he figure this out before us? Like, how did he figure it out? That's impossible. He can't figure out how Ichigo knew that the enemy was operating out of Huicamundo. And I mean it's because Nell came and found him and immediately asked for his help. Otherwise, Ichigo would not have known what was going on. So, back to the battle. Opie is continuously failing to steal Ichigo's Bankai, getting more and more frustrated. Urahara then tells Akon, he he's like, I can't interfere in this battle. This isn't something I can just hop in the middle of. But, I do know that Soul Society is under attack currently. And then, in his typical uh, Urahara fashion, when he started off, he was like, he he was like, oh, hi, Mr. Akon, how's it going over there? And then here he goes, I'm going to return to my first question. How is it going over there? And it's like, oh, is that how you meant it? I wish you could have changed your fucking tone so you sounded like, you know, there was some urgency to you. As opposed to just being this lighthearted, dumbass joke all the time. <laughs> it's. Urahara is something else. He's very cryptic. All the time. So, meanwhile, Opie is trying to figure out how Ichigo is avoiding having his Bankai sealed. He's, atta he's attacked by Ichigo and either dodges or jumps out of the way to fire an attack, which Ichigo easily blocks. He then asks Opie why they want to steal his Bankai so badly. And Opie has this inner dialogue on having to deal with Ichigo's speed and that he has to keep Blutvein, Blutvein, I guess that's how it's pronounced, which is calm blood dress active, but he can't activate Blut Artery or active blood dress at the same time. Um, this probably gets explained here shortly, but... Blutvein, when he said he uh, has to advise his majesty to increase the strength of Blut, Blut is basically, it's, an, it's a switching off, offensive-defensive technique. You turn on Blutvein for defense, and then Blut Artery 
for higher offensive capabilities. So Ichigo posits that they're afraid of his bankai, to which Opie tunes up and screams that the the Vandenreich is afraid of nothing. <laughs> screaming. And suddenly, he's blasted directly in the chest. Courtesy of Uruhara, who is like, you know, cool. You got him to uh, drain his... Uh, you got him to drain his power. So then he tosses Ichigo the phone and tells him to immediately go through the Senkaimon to Soul Society and get the details from Akon on the way. So Hyosu and Rin Subakura from Squad 12, there's kind of this Hyosu is the bulbous guy and Rin is the little guy with the uh the little front ponytail, like a little kid. They're, they're reporting to as many companies as possible that they've successfully reached Ichigo, and he's en route for a rescue. Now, Chad and Orihime and, or, and uh, Huekomundo meet up with Uruhara, who asks them to retrieve the medallion from Opie's body. He lets them know he sent Ichigo to Soul Society. Meanwhile, Rin is trying to tell himself that Ichigo will save everyone. I mean, he's he's pretty shook up by this whole thing. He's it's it's like Ichigo's gonna save everybody. Right? It's gonna be fine. Right? It's like he's it's one of those who who are you telling? Who are you are who are you trying to convince? And the answer is himself. Now, Akon's filling Ichigo in on the situation. 2,245 officers, 56 seated officers, and one vice captain. He also makes sure to state it's neither Renji Abarai or Rukia Kuchiki. Which Ichigo's like, I didn't ask that. And Akon's like, I, I know. I didn't mean anything by it. He's just trying to like let him know like your dearest friends in Soul Society are not hurt. But all of those people's spiritual pressures have disappeared. When asked if, if that means they're dead, Akon's like, we don't know. There's so many unknowns here. It, it has to be incredibly jarring because usually I'm sure they have kind of, maybe not the drop, but they have an idea of what they're dealing with. This is a different case. They don't know shit. But, I mean, they don't know anything about them. There, uh, what they do know, there's at least 16 enemies of at least Captain Class called Sternritter. There's no intel on their abilities whatsoever. They've sustained no losses. And Division 2, 6, 7, and 10 captains had their Bankai stolen. Urahara joins in on the call to fill them in so on some abilities and drawbacks that he's observed. Uh, including Volstandig, the different, the two different forms of blut, and the fact that only one can be active at a time, and the medallions, pointing out that it seems like they're unable to take Ichigo's bankai. He knows they waited for Ichigo to be tied up in Hueco Mundo to attack, implying that they are avoiding direct contact with him for some reason. Suddenly, the way forward is closed off, and Ichigo is trapped in the Garganta. Garganta being that passageway that um, Arankar used. I think it might not have been Garganta. Now, we see that Opie has risen using Ronso Tengai, which is a Quincy ability that basically uses uh, uses these like reishi strings to control your body's movements if you can't control it yourself. Like if your arm's broken, you could use that to control your arm. And now Opie has trapped Ichigo with his power. He taunts Ichigo. And he says that all he can do is sit and watch the Soul Society fall. 
Whew. Man, we get into some crazy shit here. It's only 20 chapters in at this point. And we are balls deep in the first, uh, so far, the first invasion of the Soul Society by the Vandenreich, which is so far a fucking smash success. (laughs) And Ichigo Kurosaki is fucking trapped between realms. This looks pretty bleak. Things look pretty bleak. And, uh... Remember, we got almost 200 fucking chapters to go. This is not over at all. This is the beginning. So... Yeah. Stay tuned to find out what happens next time on Dragon Ball Z. No, for real. For real. Stay tuned to figure out what happens next time next week we're gonna go over the next few chapters continue the invasion and uh we're gonna see how some things play out in the meantime follow me on twitter at monochromanga and uh you know keep a li- keep listening i plan on releasing an episode every weekend for the let's read so yeah i'm here for it guess we'll have a little bit of a shorter episode this week just a little bit um i don't know these are all probably going to trend closer to an hour but they might not all reach that point so yeah we'll be back next week with more bleach and uh before that we're gonna be doing i guess we get all three of our chapters next week so yeah see you next week